I had an appointment for two hours ago. What's the holdup? Read the room, dude. Do you think the devil keeps to a schedule? Like I told you, he's on his lunch break. It's 4 p.m. He chews his food slowly. Fine. <sighs> ah, B-Rad. So good to see you. Are you joining us so soon? No, I, I wanted to have a chat with you about our contract. Come in, my boy. Sit down. Have a cigar. Did you read the letter my lawyer sent over? No, it, it burst into flames when I picked it up. Yeah, I thought that might happen, registered mail or not. I, I emailed you a copy, though, too. Dial-up? Really? You think AT&T is running fiber down here? Simmer down, it's loading now. Check page three, that's the main gist. You wrote a contract to BRAD. Technically, there is no such person or legal entity. In fact, I switched my legal name to Rad B this year as part of my rebrand as a rapper. Yo. Oh, I knew having Tornyani break those contracts was going to bite me on the tail. Crap. There goes my streak. You're the first guy to weasel out on me since that uh, Italian guy. What's his name? Dante? Yeah, wordy bastard. As for you, get the hell out of here. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Spearsy. And Brad in L.A. Woohoo! And <laughs> uh, today we visit with Ron and Don Higgins, two brothers who have just released a new book titled The Biggest Big Hair Book of Metal Trivia. Who'd win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah! God! Wrong, dickhead. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Ah! This episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by... Who could it be, Steve? It's the 80s cruise. Join your Stuck in the 80s hosts along with MTV VJs Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, and downtown Julie Brown in spring 2024 for a week-long trip on board the Royal Caribbean Mariner of the Seas. Performers will include 38 Special, Steve Spears, Air Supply, Brad Williams, The English Beat, Soft Cell, <laughs> Debbie Gibson, Sebastian Bach, Stephen Piercy of Rat, Ray Parker Jr., Sheena Easton, Wang Chung, Midnight Star, Animotion, Real Life, Escape Club, When in Rome, Tommy Two-Tone, and more. And we have a promo code for you. Because we like you. Use the promo code STUCK, that's S-T-U-C-K, when booking to get $200 of cabin credit. You must be first-time 80s cruisers to use this code, and you gotta use it when you book. Go to www.the80scruise.com for more information, but do it soon. The ship is over 90% sold out. Hey, gang, one of the coolest things I get to do for this podcast is read books that are either set in the 80s, about the 80s, retell a great era of the 80s, and then I get to talk to the authors. Aren't you writing a book right now, Steve? 
Yeah, but it, it has months to go. I, st- I have about maybe three chapters done. So And talking to that author is basically just what we call internal dialogue. So less fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, what's, what's cool is I get to kind of also pick the minds of these people you know, who have kind of already climbed the mountain. So uh, when I heard there was a new book on metal trivia, I thought two things. One, how many questions can I steal for Big 80s trivia on the next <laughs> 80s cruise? I told you I never opened Tammy Deaver's books. I never opened them because I didn't want to be stealing her stuff. Tempted. But you, on yeah. the other hand, you know, uh, you're you a great you're a great composer. You steal. Yes. I'm a poor composer. Yes. I borrow. Anyway, my second thought, get these guys on the show. And here we sit. So Ron and Don Higgins are twin brothers. They live in Ohio. They've been rock fans since the days uh, when we all listened to Kiss. Although I don't think you listened to Kiss, did you, Brad? Not much. Not much. <laughs> in fact, uh, the three of us, we will talk a little bit about our first Kiss concert experiences. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned that the book also has a lot of other stories. It's not just trivia. There's some stuff in there, too, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a thousand and one questions. Literally, I'm not, I'm not just exaggerating, but with each chapter, which each kind of subject change, mm-hmm. there are these great stories that they retell from their youth and, and from adulthood about meeting some of their heroes in person. There's a great one about meeting Jack Blade from Night Ranger backstage. And even though they're not supposed to bring anything for him to sign, they, they sneak in a vinyl copy of Dawn Patrol. What's this in uh, my satchel? Know. Oh, it's a copy of Dawn <laughs> Patrol. What are the odds? Never listen to publicists is the rule. There's another one where they nearly get into a brawl with some bikers at an Aerosmith concert. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm always one smart-ass comment away from that happening to me. I don't want to ruin all the stories by telling them all. We're, we're going to tell a couple of them during the, the, the interview. But uh, it's really fun stuff. So how did you do on the actual trivia questions, Stephen Q. Spears? Uh, not very good. Thankfully, they're multiple choice. And there's usually one – option that's obviously not the right answer yeah. if, if you know anything about the 80s i mean look people come up to us on the boat all the time like oh you guys you guys i got a trivia question for him like you don't understand we don't know all this stuff we spend <laughs> months preparing these decks in advance and we have all of the internet at our disposal to come up with the answers fact check them cross check them make sure that we didn't miss a you know like oh his only movie in this year was well no he was also in the strange foreign film called you know balloons full of farts or whatever uh you know so we don't know trivia no. we're terrible at trivia i'll just tell you that right now well here's the key though and, and, and we talk about this you got to make sure there's only one possible answer yeah you can't sort of say give me um a list of every spinoff tv show from happy days because you get some that were like well was it a tv show or was it a cartoon you know was it a Right. Is it really spe- so you have you have to be so specific so that and we've learned this over the years. Do not give them the possibility that there's more than one answer. Right. The so only time we, we do that, that is for tiebreakers, and then it's like list all of so and so's movies. <laughs> hey, by the way, today's the anniversary of Fletch being released in theaters in uh, 1985. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. One of my favorite questions, one of your tiebreakers, I remember from a couple of years ago, was name all of Fletch's characters in the movie. Yeah, name all the nicknames <laughs> he uses. Dr. Rosenpenis. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just Mr. Mirock. Dr. Rosenrod. Dr. Rosenrosen. Mr. Babar. Anyway. Like the children's book? You ready for a challenge? You ready for a challenge? You want yeah, to hear some of these questions? Give me a couple. Let's see how I do. Now that I've set the bar so low. <laughs> okay. Now, you remember the band Striper, right? Sure. 
Yeah, we talked about them on episode 666. Uh, what was the Christian rock band called before they changed their name to Striper? That's multiple choice, so hang on. Okay. Was it A, Salvation, B, Roxy Music, probably not B, <laughs> C, Rock's Regime, D, Criss Cross? Ooh, I really want it to be Criss Cross, but I think that'll just make me jump, jump. Uh, sorry, that was 90s kids. I apologize. Um, I'm going to go with Salvation because it just seems such an uh, obvious answer. That's what I would have said, too, and we would both be absolutely wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's it C, Rock's, Rock's Regime. You know, yeah. Striper is better, although I'd like to know what their acronym was for Rock's Regime. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one more. One more, and we'll get to the conversation. Okay. Ready? Okay, yeah. This one I think is easier. Okay. For what movie did John Bon Jovi, not Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, record the song Blaze of Glory? Was it A, Young Guns, B, Young Guns 2, C, Billy the Kid, D, The Karate Kid? B. It's B, yeah. Yeah, I knew that one. Shockingly, (laughs) I knew that one. Oh, Good times, good times. I think this story was something like Emilio Estevez wanted to use Dead or Alive, but Bon Jovi thought that song's really more about touring, and so he wrote Blaze of Glory for him instead. Huge hit. Thoughtful. Yeah, that worked out for everybody. Yeah. Hey, and this is going to work out for you. Sit back and enjoy my conversation with authors Ron and Don Higgins. Don and Ron Higgins, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a joy. You guys have this book out. I'm holding it in my hand right now. The biggest big hair book of metal trivia with a thousand and one questions. Holy hell, how long did it take you guys to do this? Oh, only about 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, to actually do it, you know, we got rolling, you know, just over like a year. But yeah, we had started this many, many years ago. Just as, hey, we should do this someday, start collecting things. But so it's 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 kind of hard to to really answer. Like it wasn't like we just started, stopped, and did it. I'm actually but, a, a data guy. Um, in my real my, my real job, my real world is a, a data analyst. So I went back to try to figure out like when I first put like the first question together, and the closest I could find was 2006. Jeez, so it may <laughs> have actually been before that. And the funny thing is it, it started out not as a metal trivia book, but as an 80s music book. Uh, and that was even earlier. That that when I found questions back to 1997. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah. been a while. <laughs> how, how did you guys from Ohio who have bachelor's degrees in mathematics end up as metal fans? Ron, you go. Well, um, I Don and I have been fans of, of hard rock and what became known as metals from the time we were about 10 years old because that was around 1977 when uh kiss was at their absolute height Mm. and as a as a fifth grader there was nothing greater than seeing a band with fire and blood and explosions and flying and we were hooked and up till that point our our favorite band was probably the monkeys so uh kiss got us going down the rock and roll um path and then uh we hit middle school and uh, that's when ACDC hit the scene and we just, we never looked back. Um, ACDC was actually our first concert back Which in tour? 1983. 
Uh, it was the Flick of the Switch tour, 1983, with uh, Fastway opening. Um, most people will know Fastway from their one song, Say What You Will. They also provided the soundtrack to a horror movie called Trick or Treat. More diehards, I think. That's that's not one you yeah. see every uh, Halloween popping around. Although it no. did have Gene Simmons in the movie. so <laughs> What an actor he was. Don, be <laughs> exactly. honest. When you yeah. guys were growing up, Don, did you did you guys dress up as Kiss? I mean, I, I we're you and the three of us are all the same age. So I I will fess up first and say I stole my mom's makeup so I could be Gene, Gene Simmons. Did you guys do the same? Um, I I did it. Yes, the answer. Yes, um, <laughs> with I think baby powder and like eyeliner uh pencil. And this was when we were like you know fifth graders or whatever. And I was uh, uh Peter Chris, uh Ron. What were you? Were you either Gene or? Or, I was Gene. Yeah, I thought so. And we had the like cool little kids were all Gene. Just saying. I don't know about that, but uh, we had these little capes or whatever. But but as you said, as kids, we did that. But that wasn't the last time that I did it. I actually then many years later, as an adult in my twenties, I dressed up again as Peter Chris with a full homemade costume that was much better than the one when I was using the baby powder. So I <laughs> I had a pretty good one. And then I actually wore it once to their first farewell tour because <laughs> oh, i had never worn gotten dressed before i know people did from the concerts we've been to a lot of people dress up so i'm like it's their farewell tour you know they're never we're never going to see them again i'm going to get dressed up now of course that was 20 years ago and they're still touring but you know that's another story yeah no they're one of those bands i think um oh, i mean i was huge i wanted to go see them on their dynasty tour my mom wouldn't let me because i was too young <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I, all I was left to do is like take uh, cherry Kool Aid powder and mix it with just a little bit of water, so it became a slurry, and that would be my fake blood. And nice, yeah. yeah. So did you ever see them? I did. I saw them uh, like in uh, early two thousands, finally, and they were doing like they were back in costume and makeup, and they I I I, oh. I, I splurged for tenth row seats. Okay. Awesome. You know, I could feel like the, the I could feel the fire effects like literally singeing my hair. You know, nice. Like it was wonderful. It was everything yeah. I wanted it to be. Okay, so the reunion tour, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the cool thing is, as you saw at the show, you know, a lot of people do dress up. But what's kind of interesting is, even before they put the makeup back on, um, there were a lot of people that still wore makeup to the concerts. Because the first two or three times we saw Kiss was before they put the makeup back on. So I think the first tour was their, um, it was either, no, it was Animal Eyes, followed by Asylum. And they, you know, the thought of them reuniting with the original guy, is it was just like, you know, never going to happen. It was kind of like the Eagles when they did that Hell Freezes Over tour uh, because no one thought it would ever happen. Uh, yeah. But but people are just diehard and they would, they would come wearing a uh, full makeup. So yeah, I, I got my wife to watch the, was it the A and E documentary series on them a couple years ago? I got her, I got her to sit down and watch the whole thing. And she was, she became somewhat obsessed with them. Not, not to the point where she wanted to see them in concert, but <laughs> she, she understood, you know, what the infatuation was all about. That's <clears throat> cool. Yeah, that's good. I uh, I didn't have the same luck with my wife. I convinced her to go see them once, and uh, it was an outdoor amphitheater, and the concession stands are right under the lawn, and some fool uh, slipped and dropped his entire full beer on my wife's head. <laughs> so, God. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll do she it. She's never gone back. Rock and roll. Yeah, yeah I think that's the last concert she ever attended with me. So, one of the things I love about the book, by the way, um, I, I am I am not a huge metalhead. I just I, I think I kind of transitioned out of metal after like mid eighties when new wave came along. But I love that you share all the stories about meeting some of your heroes and uh, which I think there was a story where you were talking to a band that was hanging out longer than usual after a show. And then you realized it was because you had blocked them in. <laughs> Who is that again? You want to take that down? Well, it was, yeah, it was a, a quiet riot. Oh, wow. Uh, at a, when they were playing a smaller uh, venue after they had been, you know, big in the, in the early eighties. And then a few years later when they were not quite as, as big. And yeah, we were, we were hanging out after the show and then, uh, and then uh, a buddy of ours actually came up and he's like, Hey, I want you to meet a friend. We're like, Oh, sure. Who, who? And it turns out it was Kevin DeBro. Wow. Was, was their friend, you know, and he, cause he was hanging around. So he somehow just met up with him. And, and so he, he just happened to say, yeah, yeah, well, I'm just still hanging. We can, you know, well, we can't leave yet because uh, somebody's blocking our door bus. And we looked <laughs> over and saw it was our car. And we're like, uh, we felt kind of bad. But on the other hand, maybe have not got a chance to meet him if it hadn't. And we certainly we didn't mean to. But it yeah. was that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty great. And we never admitted it. We just, uh, At the time. oh, what a fool. I mean, who would block in <laughs> yeah. a tour bus? There's parking over here. Which are all those people? The funny thing, uh, Kevin DeRoe didn't really seem to mind. I mean, it seems like, you know, they were just kind of hanging out, talking to people. And it, there weren't that many people left. So I guess he figured it wasn't going to be too much longer. He just figured like, oh. Uh, <laughs> They'll move it eventually. So he, he wasn't like desperate to get out of there or anything. Yeah. yeah, it's usually not the musicians and artists that have problems. It's usually their handlers. There's a there's another story in the book um, I share where we meet um, Night Ranger, and Night oh, yeah. Ranger for their meet and greet, it was you know absolutely um, you you can take a picture, one picture. Uh, they will be signing nothing. Don't bring anything. Um, and I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, the first time I've ever met him. So, I uh, I brought in a the cover of their very first album, Dawn Patrol. And um, I figured, you know, worst case, they'll just ignore it or something. Uh, but when it got my turn in the line, um, uh, Jack Blade saw it and he was like, "Let me see that." <laughs> oh, cool! This is great. And he signed it, and he's and he handed it to every member in the band. They all signed it, and they loved it. But the manager, whoever you know, the, the I don't know the tour manager, whoever it is, but uh, their handler was was not as impressed. He he kind of gave me the uh, the evil stare, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. The band was okay with it, and I uh, I got a my album yeah. autograph. So well, and and I can add just a quick thirty second story that's not in the book that reminds me of an art artist who was desperate to get out and it's only because it was at the same venue where we saw um the quiet riot and it was mike tramp uh, but he was touring as mike tramp but they had labeled it white lion uh which he was not happy about because it wasn't white lion it was just him by himself so he so after the show we were kind of talking to him a little bit and he was expressing his sort of unhappiness with that um and then this woman comes up to him a not attractive woman uh and i'm sure if you remember him with the long blonde hairs i'm sure he had lots of attractive women uh, coming up to him this night not so much um and she was you know really hitting on him and trying to you know go out and maybe get some breakfast and go out to my car or something that was one where the artist was desperate to leave he was looking over at me i was looking at him and i'm just kind of like 
saying he's like no thank you and and he's kind of looking at me and i'm like going yeah sorry <laughs> i didn't know her but uh, it was pretty funny just good the thing we didn't block it. his car he might have just ran right over <laughs> yeah he probably would not have been but it, it was just he was clearly like oh no <laughs> so anyway that was a little side yeah. thought and that one's not in the book but well i appreciate you mentioning the stories though i kind of wish we had looking back i wish we had put something on the cover of the book that mentions that because people may think it's just trivia. Uh, when when we got our publishing contract, the, the reason we got it was our publisher asked, she said, this is great. Would you mind writing a few stories to go with it? And we're like, absolutely, that would be awesome. And so we added one story per chapter. There's 14 chapters and then a 15th chapter of answers. So to me, it just kind of, it, it adds to the book because it's not just a bunch of, questions you can get off of you know the internet and right uh, I, Plus I people who aren't big uh, metal people they may remember the bands they may not know the questions or the answers but don't, don't if they grew that up in that time they're familiar with the artists and the bands and then the stories that they can they can relate to and they could buy the book only to read the goofy stories yeah. uh, if they wanted and, and of course we also have we have personal stories like we've shared but then also just sort of quick sort of bio type things of some of the bands or, uh, you know, some things like that as well. So yeah, definitely not just a bunch of questions. Yeah. And, good. Because I mean, when I started reading, I got maybe one out of 20 questions, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. I, I mean, yeah. and some, some of them are pretty obscure and some of them it's like, even like if I went back and answered every 1000 of them right now, I'd miss a few, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, you'd be like, Oh wait, no, I have to rethink that one. But, yeah. um, you know, we tried to, we tried to ask questions and we usually would throw in one out of the four, if it's like multiple choice, which most were, and one would be like an obviously wrong answer. So you really had, you know, three out of four to choose from. So thought that'd make it a little fun and easier. Yeah, no, I have to do the same thing every year for the eighties cruise. I got to, I have to come up with about, geez, how many is it? About a hundred questions every year. And I got to always try to make sure I don't repeat any. And the, the, to me, the challenge is always like, make sure it's a question that has only one possible answer because sure as, sure as hell, someone's going to come up to you and say, you know, you didn't, you didn't list all the officers of the USS enterprise. And I'm like, well, I, you know, you cannot be vague. People will, right. will tear you apart. Right. That's, because that's good know. information because um, we were invited to do a trivia night at, at a local restaurant and we haven't done it yet. Um, so that's good advice. We're going to have to uh, see how that goes. Yeah. Or I mean, or you could mm -hmm. make them multiple choice like you did. Um, I, yeah. The first time I did it, I got criticized because the questions were too hard. We were asking people like, what was the original name of Huey Lewis in the news? And everyone's like, I have, you know, I didn't know they had another name. I don't know what the name was. And um, it just, you know, it was not, not my year. Um, but I love um, those type of questions though. I mean, it's to me, that's true trivia. And in fact, that's one of the chapters in our book um, where it's all about names and uh, you know, people's real names and bands names before they were the band. So Sure. Uh, you're you're right on our wavelength there. Okay, who's still on your bucket list of people you want to meet or interview? Ron, you go first. Oh boy. Well, I mean, there's still quite a few bands that I've never seen, um, and you know, frankly, I don't know if we'll get a chance. Um, so, hard rock bands from the '80s. A good example would be Crocus. Ah, uh, they're from Germany. Don't come over to the states much. They were going to do a world tour and then a little thing known as COVID happened. 
So the last I saw was uh, the lead singer had mentioned they probably will not do a final world tour, but he's going to do like a solo tour. Um, but I kind of kicked myself for never having gone see him. Um, and I almost missed out on Ozzy for whatever reason. Back in the day, I never saw Ozzy. All my friends did. And a couple years ago, Don and I were like, you know, we we better see him. He's getting up there in age. And so we did, had horrible seats, but we were there. And uh, then, you know, uh, not only COVID, but then he got very sick. And it's still up in the air whether or not he'll he'll play live again. So sure. we did sneak that one in, but uh, uh, there's still plenty. Uh, and there's, there's still great bands uh, making similar music, a lot of European bands um, that I still like to see. So... Um, I, I plan on doing this as long as, uh, I can. And my wife lets me <laughs> Don, what about you? Who's still on your bucket list? Yeah. As far as bands to see, I mean, we, we, we've seen most of the classic bands, um, metal bands. I mean, there's some other, like other rock. I've never seen you two. I know they're not, they're not, uh, metal. Um, but they're, that's a big band I wouldn't mind seeing. As far as metal, um, one that people probably don't know much, um, a band called Halloween out of Germany. Um, there's one of the sort of like the godfathers of, of power metal. They got a guy named Michael Kiske, who's an amazing singer, very much like like uh, Bruce Dickinson from, from uh, Iron Maiden or, or Jeff Tate from Queensryche. So um, it'd be cool to see that band as the first one that kind of comes to mind. Um, yeah, we've seen most of the other ones, you know, that you can think of Rat and Dawkins, you know, uh, well, I've never seen Triumph, although we saw Rick Emmett. So it'd be cool to see Triumph if they ever were together, you know, things like that. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that come to the top of my head, but uh, most of the actual metal metal ones, I think we've seen most of them. <laughs> who, who do you think has the, the iconic metal voice? You gotta pick one name to Ooh. represent. Wow. Ronnie James, Dio, Ozzy, yeah. Halford. It, it, it's got to be one of those. Uh, I mean, I love Ozzy's voice, but it's got to be one of those screamers. Uh, I don't know if I would go with Halford or maybe Dickinson. Oh. Um, but Dio, that's that's a good one, too. Ooh. Yeah. I, 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 that's I'll, one, with... I'll plead the fifth and say can't pick just one. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I know how I'm it is. A... Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll go with Dickinson. Why not? Yeah, I mean Tony Harnell comes to mind, the lead singer for TNT. I mean, I mean again, not as you know, Jeff Tate from Queensrÿche had a huge octave range yeah. when they did that Stars uh, Hearing Aid. Um, you know, well, for, then the for... question could be who has the premier metal voice uh, still, uh, because some of these um, some of these guys can really still do it and some struggle let's just say <laughs> um yeah and, and and so people who like queens right jeff tate can still sing very well he has trouble hitting very high points sometimes but the guy that got to replace him todd latore um is now the singer for queens right and he hits all the notes i mean he he mm -hmm. is like watching queens right back in the 80s um so you know, I would recommend to people go to both of them. See Jeff Tate solo. See Queensryche with the the quote new guy. I mean, they've done like three albums with him now. Um, but 
just phenomenal. Both of them. Good answers. Good answers. Okay, Harry, I'm really going to put you on the spot here. As I said in the very beginning, I'm not, not a huge metal fan anymore. What is the one album you suggest to people who say, I just don't like metal? I'm going to let Don go first so he doesn't plead the fifth again. <laughs> so one that would uh, uh, sort of entice them into metal. Um, um, Under Lock and Key by Dawkin, I think is a is a great one. Great guitar, a great, great singer, great hooks. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that didn't sell as many as, uh, you know, Cherry Pie by Warrant or, uh, you know, early Montclair, but uh, yeah, I, I want to say a band like that or, 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 uh, yeah, that'll be my answer. Okay. Ron, you've had like 45 seconds to think about it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least, um, that's a tough one because I mean, there, there are some fantastic albums that like all the way through stuff like the original Skid Row album. Um, but I'm going to go with uh queen operation mind crime, because not only was it successful, but it's a concept album and it's got the screaming vocals, the pounding drums, the guitars. So I think people can appreciate it from the lyric level as well as the musicianship. Hey, it's kind of a tradition on stuck in the eighties that I always like to end every interview by asking people this question. Uh, If the podcast is a time machine and I can offer you a seat on the time machine to go back in time and, uh, witness event, witness an event you missed the first time or change uh, a decision you made the first time. Um, how would you use the seat? Uh, Don, you go first. Well, keeping with music and so forth, I think, um, I would go back and, and again, this is rock, but it's not really metal, but we, we missed, we, we were almost going to get tickets to see the Ramones. Uh, and they had um, Social Distortion open. Which they, they're punk rock, but hard rock, so not too far from our book. Um, but we had recently seen Social Distortion, uh, and we're like, oh, we just saw them, and we'll, we'll just catch them next time. And then, of course, B.D. Ramone and Joey Ramone, all of them passed away, and so now we'll really never get that chance. So I would I would want to go back and try to catch that show. Um if I if I if I would stick to you know that or or what you had mentioned earlier maybe uh, get my uh, parents to allow us to zoom back to actually see the Dynasty tour for Kiss <laughs> which we were too young for <laughs> yeah <laughs> so those are my two answers uh, Ron, Ron what about you before I go on that Dynasty tour uh, Don and I actually got offered free tickets to that because we were wearing Kiss T-shirts at the time I don't know they and were free. Mom- yeah, and our mom was kind of like hell to the no. <laughs> so right. uh, when you when you said you wanted to go, but your mom wouldn't let you, totally understand that. Right. Um, time machine. Oh, gosh, there's so many things. I mean, uh, but, um, you know, as tempted as I am to say, uh, I'd go ask that one girl out or I would, you know, I will, I will stick to the theme uh, of music. And I would have to say, um, because I'm assuming if you can go back in time, you can go anywhere in time. Yep. No. So I am going to the 1983 US Festival. Mm, oh, there pick. you go. Yeah, Metal pick. Day. So yeah. for those not familiar with that, are you familiar with the with the US Festival? Oh God, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Can, yes. Can I change? Can I change my answer? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I will forever okay, I'll be just go with you. The twin who made the I'll, correct answer, and you are wrong. <laughs> right. 
but I'll go but, with you because yeah, I, so, I always go okay. to shows with you, so that's fine. That is true. He is my concert buddy. Um, again, after the kiss incident where my wife wore the beer, so uh, he and I do all that. So I guess if I go to the to the US Festival, uh, he will be with me. Uh, as I recall, it was a three day event, but the the one day was quote metal day, and it was just like jam packed. It was, uh, I mean, it was Triumph, it was um, Motley Crue, one of Quiet their very first, Quiet Riot. Um, the headliner was um, Van Halen, Van Halen, and that's, they actually got. That's the episode where uh, David uh, Lee Roth didn't have uh, like uh, he was wearing chaps. Yeah, he's wearing chaps, and he's he so famously it, drunk that he couldn't remember the words, I think. The <laughs> yeah. They also, yeah. It, it's famous because they got paid, uh, they set a record, a world record for the, the highest paid gig. Um, they made, you know, so many millions of dollars for that one gig, and at the time, that was the highest any band had been paid. So uh, I can just imagine that would have been just an, an amazing, Judas Priest was there as well. Triumph. Um, Yep, Triumph. So that's my answer. Scorpions. It's the oh, that's right, the Scorpions. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a good pick. That's a great pick. Yeah. You guys, you guys going to work on a volume two of this uh, of this masterpiece? What's up next? You know, we we might. I've I've thought about uh, the obvious title would be uh, even bigger, big <laughs> hair or something to that effect. Uh, um, but yeah, if people like it, um, I honestly. Uh, I have been collecting uh, questions for so long. I easily have enough to fill another thousand questions uh, without repeating anything. So that may very well be coming down the pike. Uh, I would say uh, yeah. look out for that. Um, and hopefully your listeners uh, will uh, be interested in this. And um, I know you have at least one in- uh, listener in, uh, in Cincinnati because uh, I was listening to one of your podcasts and uh, they mentioned a show at uh, one of our venues, Bogards. So whoever that yeah. person is, they need to, you know, maybe we can meet them and sign sign a copy for them. <laughs> I think that's Joe in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got, okay. I think that's I think that's his name. Hey okay. guys, thanks for your time. This has been a great uh, conversation. I, I wish you the best of luck with this book project. Well, well, well we, so we really appreciate it. We you know, love your podcast, and, and you know you've been doing that for like twenty years. So congrats on that, and uh, thanks yep. for reaching out to us so we could talk a little bit and uh, about our thing. But it, just aside from the book itself, just talking to you and chatting with you was fun just by itself. So we really appreciate it. Yep, thank you so much. There you go, Ron and Don. You know, I'm I'm not sure where I am on twins with rhyming names, but we'll allow it. But I do love how they use the the whole plus one maneuver rules lawyering to both go to the US Festival. Yeah, brilliant. So that's it's that's a good answer. In the trunk, right? It is a good answer. I don't think anyone said that one before. I, I know people have said they wanted to go to Live Aid, and we I know had someone asked us like if you had a choice to go to like one festival and I forget what the the boundaries were, but I ended up at Live Aid. I'm sorry, I ended up at the Us Festival. I, I think all things considered, I would pick the London show of Live Aid. Yeah, I mean, that's the canonical answer. And if I can go to one, surely I can get back in the time machine and go to another <laughs> one. I mean, come on. Ingenious. I'll say the best metal album that they suggested 
strangely, that's an um, album that I'm listening to for our good friend Dave Augie August, who is helping me out with a new Patreon series I'm starting called New Old Stock. New Old Stock? Yeah, it's a kind of a car part term. Like it's it's a new part, but it's old stock. Like it's something that's been on the shelf for fifty years. Which okay. you know, like if it's rubber, maybe not great, but if it's metal, it's probably fine. But the idea is, I ask listeners, or I should say, I ask patrons to suggest an album to me that they love that I've not ever heard before, and then I listen to it, and we have like a, just a short like a Zoom conversation about my reaction to the album, and they talk about why they love it. That's that's a cool idea. Yeah, I just got to execute on it. Yeah. <laughs> But enough about that. Where can I find this book again? So if you go to smalltowngirlpublishing.com, you'll find a link to their book, and you'll find all the places where you can buy it, including Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. You'll also find other books about the 80s with authors we'll be talking to soon. Was that a teaser? It is a teaser. You know what I'd like to tease you about, Stephen Spearsy? <laughs> oh, say it. Say it. The Seggies. Hey, it's time for Stuck in the Arcade, the one segue that I have no interesting way of introducing. Aww. <laughs> Did I tell you I have an arcade machine now in my office where I record the show? It's like you, literally right behind me. You did mention it. Did you mention it on a show? I don't remember. I don't know. It's it's really cool. We were uh, The wife and I were sitting down uh, yesterday, was it? Or whatever Memorial Day was. And we were t- trying to have a tournament. And we couldn't get past the first stage in anything. <laughs> like, we tried Donkey Kong. Failure. We tried Frogger. Failure. Um, what else did we try? Super Pac-Man. Totally got screwed on that. Um, Galaga? No, we didn't try Galaga. We didn't try the ones that we knew we were really good at. We were trying oh, to do okay. like... Okay, trying new, new games. Yeah. Oh, man. It I, was... I think I told you I went to a, a barcade. Not a barcade. It was just an arcade. No bar, sadly as part of my birthday weekend and I had the Galaga game of my life. Like I don't remember ever scoring that well in Galaga. But it was something like, was it 150 or 300,000 yeah, something? No, nah, it wasn't quite that high. And I'm sure that the people who actually can play that game are like, geez, Brad, what is baby's game? Come on. <laughs> uh, but I was like, you know, Katie was coming up to me like, are you still playing that game? I'm like, yes. And she's talking to him like, stop distracting me. For some reason I'm getting worse at it. It it's my favorite game on this on this console, and, and for the first like four times I played it, I was getting better and better and better, and I'm not, I'm regressing now. Mm. Like as soon as I get like the the paired up rocket ships, boom, one gets taken out like immediately. See, I just I never went with the paired up rocket ships in this game. Huh, interesting strategy. I'm a loner, Dottie. <laughs> anyway. A rebel. Anyway. <laughs> Cast your mind back to episode 662, which was probably sometime in April, I'm going to bet. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, as always, we'll play a snippet of a arcade video game sound effect. I don't know why I'm starting to sound like a game show host. Uh, if you get it right, you're entered into some swag. You're not entered it. You're into a drawing for some swag. <laughs> this is The whole Galaga thing's got me shaken now. I don't know what to do. I'm not gonna. I, mean, I guess I could play after this recording is done. That'd be fun. A nice way, to, a way to you know, define my responsibilities of taking out the garbage. Anyway, a little, little something to look forward to after you're forced to talk to me for an hour. Yeah. Uh, anyway, pay attention. Here it was. Oh. 
that's Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. So there was a Dragon's Lair machine at the arcade that we were at, and I didn't realize that I just saw it like as we were on our way out, and now I have to go back and play it. Because <laughs> it's one of those, you know, pay a fee and play for free for an hour or two, whatever. Anyway. It's really expensive, so, though, in the yeah. 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And actually, we'll get to that. But Dragon's Lair popped up in arcades around 1983. It was the first Laserdisc-based video game. Players control a knight named Dirk the Daring, of course, because who else would be brave enough to live on a laser disc? As he attempts to rescue a princess who is trapped in a castle. Hmm. Seems familiar. This bad boy is absolutely iconic, so much so that the Smithsonian has one in their collection. Nice. Yeah. I think it's probably just so that the staff can practice and impress patrons when they go to the arcades. I'm awful at it. I remember that. Oh, yeah. So it was just like, it was just like, just here, take my wallet. Yeah. Let me just light this money on fire. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty much, yeah. But, but we had some winners, right? We sure did. People recognized it. Uh, and including one person who named the actual scene that it was from in the game. It's like, well, okay. I'm impressed. Winners this week include Gene and Hollister, Max Headlong, the Tromboner, Alan B. Dragonslayer, Chad and Norcal, Don Hammock. Erwin with an E, Brandon Thompson, Stony Stitt, Donnie Gettle rhymes with metal, Brian in San Francisco, Brian with an E in Boulder, Jarrell from Boston, Alpha Geek, Carlos M. Hernandez, Mike Z from Pasadena, Maryland, and Bernie the Dutch Oven from Sydney, Australia, who writes, I think the latest stuck in the arcade is Dragon's Lair. The sounds you played from the game send me right back to the main arcade cinema strip on George Street in Sydney's CBD. It was early 1984, and I'd just started high school. A group of us young teenage boys would venture into the city to hang out at the cinemas, browse the hobby stores, eat burgers, and play video games. Back then, video games were either 20 cents or 40 cents per play. But not Dragon's Lair. It was a hefty dollar per play. I mean, to be fair, it's a dollar Australian to him, but still, it's a dollar. Needless to say, at that price, we were just spectators that would huddle around this mesmerizing, mind-blowing game every time somebody else wanted to play. Each time we'd hope the player actually knew how to play it and that they'd continue to pump coins into it. We definitely got value for our money. Sometimes watching for hours. I'm certain all our yelling and screaming would have been a tremendous help to the person playing this frustratingly (laughs) difficult game. So although I chose not to play Dragon's Lair, the sounds from that arcade game are etched into my brain forever from seeing Dirk the Daring die over and over and over. Still stuck in the 80s. Bernie the Dutch Oven Lindemann. Still my favorite nickname for any that well, him and Commander Bourbon are my two favorite nicknames. I you know, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Looking at you, the tromboner. <laughs> I like the tromboner. That's I, I snicker every time you say it. Deeply so. troubling. Let's spin the wheel and find out if we got a winner, Brad. Oh, there's a winner, and it's not Dirk the Daring who dies every time. Here we go. Oh, good one. Looks like it's going to land on uh, Jarrell from Boston. You're this week's nice. winner. Send us your postal-friendly address. 
So thou'st might receive a postal-friendly bottle opener. See. Huzzah. 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 In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery Arcade Sound. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in soon. Find out if you're a winner. Hey, it's time for Please Please Tell Me Now, where somebody writes in with a nice question for us to answer. Uh, who we got this week, Brad? This week we got a inquiry from Lynn with three N's in Nebraska. Okay. Fire away. Lynn writes, Stephen Brad, it's been a while since I've been able to email. However, I've still been in pursuit of all things glorious about our favorite decade. I still get the biggest kick out of finding even one good or obscure cover of an 80s song. And then sometimes you hit the mother load. Attached is a link to volume three of Under the Covers from Matthew Sweet, hailing from Lincoln, Nebraska, rah, rah, and of girlfriend fame, and Susanna Hoff. Perhaps you've heard of her. She was in the Bangles, and she sang that one song naked, remember? <laughs> there are some real gems here. Now, that was my commentary. I don't, Lynn doesn't care about that stuff. He's like a monk. Uh, there are some real gems here done for their with their own flair while staying connected to the original. I think there's something here for everyone, from the Smiths to Prince to Lindsey Buckingham. We'll send the link in the show notes or something. We'll, we'll make sure you can get a hold of it. Or you can just search for it, Volume 3, under the covers. Lynn continues, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope I get to discuss this and many other great topics with you both soon. This leads me to my PPTMN. PPTMN, have you found any new good 80s covers? Keep up the good work. SIT80s was my first podcast and still my favorite. Sincerely, Lynn with three N's in Nebraska. Huh. Well, I, I listened to this album right before the show, the one he's talking about, Volume 3 of Under the Covers. It's really good. Uh, there's a good one of uh, Sooner or Later from uh, yeah. the English Beat that they do. That's a nice one. They do Train in Vain by The Clash, which I really wanted to like and didn't quite so much, but I appreciate the courage it takes to try to cover a Clash song. Seriously. I do have one song I can think of. I just came across this the other day. The Killers, who definitely are influenced by a lot of 80s bands, have done a cover of Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits, and it sounds a little like this. Juliet, the dice was loaded from the start, and I bet I haven't seen these cats in concert yet, but I think I'd go if I had the chance. Well, that's high praise indeed. As long as it was a Saturday night and it was uh, <laughs> located at a venue right down the street and I could have a comfortable chair to sit in and uh, the show started like at 5 p.m. and was over by 7, th- then I would go. <laughs> then you're all for it? You're here for it? <laughs> nice. What about you? I have one that my son turned me on to. Okay. And. I, I just want you to make sure everyone's sitting down because this is going to start. You're going to think there's blasphemy coming out of my mouth. And so I just want you to be ready for that. Brad's about to say something that might be considered controversial. But this is a cover of the Cars song, Drive, by a band called Perpetual Groove. Who's gonna hold you down when you 
When he said, hey, I've got this cover of, of Drive, I want you to hear him like, uh, I, clearly I failed in my upbringing of you that you would think that such a thing should ever be covered. And then I heard it. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's just raw. Who is the, this band now? The band's called Perpetual Groove. I don't know very much about them, but apparently they put out a, an album of covers and this is on it. And there's just, there's something about it. It's just haunting in a way that, while the original has its own haunting nature to it, I see the video in my mind's eye every time I hear it. The etherealness of it just kind of floating along and the emotions are just all so there in the guy's voice. I love it. Let me ask you a question I wasn't planning on asking you. Hypothetically, let's say you're in a band, that, mm-hmm. an important band, you know, a band that people listen to. I mean, Ooh, I'm not saying you I like this. It's not like you too important, but it's, you know, you have a record deal and you can, from time to time, (laughs) from time to time, you can do your own vanity project. So you, you can record uh, a cover song or two in your next album. What, what song do you cover? That's a great question. Um, and honestly, it's funny because there's a song on the, that, volume through end of the covers that would have been one of my top choices and now i have to pivot from it and that's girls talk i love that song that's a great that's That's a great song to cover oh it's so good though and it's just it's underappreciated i wouldn't want to like i don't want to cover something that was like a number one hit i want to cover something that's a little deeper cut that's a favorite of mine right yeah so let me think about it for a second i'm gonna cover um how about maybe something from ELO? Secret messages from ELO. Okay, I'm gonna go with. There's a song I always sing when it, when I have it on when it comes on the radio or mm-hmm. if I have a CD playing. Uh, by the Church, Unguarded Moment. Ooh, I like how he gets his voice to go solo. So that I'm gonna go with that. I, I want to play choice. bass. I want to play bass while I sing it too. Okay. And um, I wanted to be in front of a bunch of people I went to high school with who thought I was going to become nothing in life. But yet now I'm singing a, a great cover song. Take it. You paid cash for the ticket, suckers. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what other factors I want in this dream scenario, but that, that I thought about uh, Girl You Want by Devo because that song kind of meant something to me back in the early 80s. I thought Ooh. about Eat, Eaten by the Monster of Love by Sparks. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I just don't think I could – I don't think I could physically sing Eaten by the Monster of Love. But Unguarded Moment, I have practiced many, many times in my car. And trust me when I say you don't want to hear it, but I'm happy with it. But you enjoy it and that's <laughs> yeah, what every, matters. Every single time I every enjoy it. Every single time. I also would consider like something off of a wall of voodoo's call of the West, you know, that's smart. Yeah. Um, These are good picks. 
I, you know, I'm just I'm, what I'm doing. I'll just tell you in the background. I'm scrolling through my liked songs and like, oh yeah, that's a good. One. Like, what are the songs that I listen to the most? And like, let me pick out one that I would that I would sing. I I had to pick one I, I've rehearsed many times. We're so assuming I, that I could get anywhere near the range I need to sing some of these songs. My voice tends to be on the lower side. No, mine's, but, mine's perfect. Mine's absolutely my voice is absolutely perfect for singing by myself to unguarded moment. <laughs> love it. That's a very good question. I think listeners, if you have an answer to this question, send them in. Right? Yeah. We love we'll, to hear from you. We'll talk about it. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Warning, this album is loud and heavy. Axe attack with UFO. Black Sabbath. Axe attack with Gillum. Rainbow. With ACDC, Judas Priest, Motorhead, Whitesnake, and the best of the rest on this incredible album, Axe Attack from Cato. And we're back. We've got a few minutes to, to say thank you to some recent patrons. We don't say it as often as we used to, but Stuck in the 80s is supported by the Patreon program where it costs like as little as $2 a month or you can make you know one donation per year, whatever amount you want. It's like NPR with more energy. Right. And you get uh, access to the the Patreon blog. We have uh, Patreon-only shows. We have virtual movie screenings and stuff like that. And and, and you're just doing us a solid and helping us defer the cost of the show. So it looks like Brad has some names to read that we haven't thanked yet. We do have some new Patreons this week, some new patron supporters. Are they Patreons or are they patrons who support us via Patreon? They're, That's patrons, via, they're patrons via Patreon. So to these patrons... We say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Roby S, Retro DJ Travis Bell, Erwin with an E, Richie Osterberg, and Edward Veith. Thank you, each and every one of you. Yeah, hope to see you soon at one of our Zoom happy hours. Yeah, oh, by the way, appreciate it. Stuck in is also on Instagram now. We just started that a couple weeks ago. So if you're on Instagram, search for Stuck in the 80s Podcast. We are there, finally. It's a thing. <laughs> Only about 10 years late. Yeah, you know. <laughs> We get around to it. When your parents start to show up on Instagram, you know that you, you know you've you've ridden the initial tide <laughs> of popularity. Because my mom's there. I I don't know if she follows us or not. I hope not. So she doesn't even have a profile to, photo. Have to track down your mom on the gram. <laughs> I don't think she's ever posted anything. Oh, she dear. just she just likes to look at the photos. She likes know. to watch. Oh, Steve posted another photo of his dog Benji. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't do that on the. 80s podcast. If you, I, I'm on uh, Instagram too, as Steve Spears 22. You can follow me there if you want as well. In the meantime, definitely put in some thought into what song you would cover if you could cover one yourself. And do not forget to check out this book, The Biggest Big Hair Book of Metal Trivia by Don and Ron Higgins. Great conversation, fun guys. It's a fun read. I enjoyed it. Don't be surprised if we borrow a question or two for Big 80s Trivia next year. In the meantime, Brad, myself, here we are, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is now on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash stuck in the 80s podcast. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music, and thanks for listening. <laughs>